Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Tuesday. Hope everybody enjoyed the day off yesterday. We had a special Martin Luther King um, uh, pre-recorded show regarding Martin Luther King Day, but we had some technical issues, so apologies um, that we didn't uh, play that yesterday. But I'm here. I'm live with you and back uh, from the long weekend. If you had a long weekend and didn't have to work, we hope you enjoyed it, uh, remembering somebody who did so much for so many, even years after his death. In this hour, more than a pleasure to have with us um, our guest, and of course, uh, you as well will be joining us. Pick up the phone and join us in this hour, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543, that is the number, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall to tweet me there. Uh, Sam Fullwood is a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress. He analyzes the influence of national politics and domestic policies on communities of color across the United States. Uh, Sam, good to have you with us one day after MLK Day and uh, with all that is going on in Washington. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, Leslie. I'm so happy to be with you today. And happy to have you with us. Um, There is a list that is growing of Democrats in the House that are skipping uh, the inauguration. There are nearly 50 Democratic members of Congress now that have announced they will skip the inauguration of President-elect Donald Trump on Friday. Uh, Some of the 49 made their decision in previous weeks, but several more have come forward in recent days citing the President-elect's perceived insult of Representative John Lewis, many of which said this is the final straw. Um, so that you can, uh, Sam, for our listeners, because people can Google, um, but because of your background and because of the analysis that you um, have done, um, first, can you give people just a quick bio of uh, Congressman Lewis and why so many are so angry that this individual is somebody um, that that was insulted, or at least there's the perception of an insult from our soon-to-be commander-in-chief? Perhaps nobody, Leslie, other than um, President Barack Obama, um, 
no other African-American, living African-American, um, is held in higher esteem by large swaths of the African-American and the progressive community. And I, I draw particular attention to the African-American and the white progressive community um, uh, because uh, of John Lewis's uh, historic role in the civil rights uh, movement. He is the sole surviving um, participant in the 1963 March on Washington. He's the only one uh, who's still alive that spoke at that march, on that march. And he has, some, has uh, developed something of a, a legendary status among African Americans in the country because of his participation in that march, but even before that, with his uh, participation in the Freedom Rides, which took place before um, the March on Washington, where he was um, was beaten uh, unconscious uh, as he attempted to um, to ride buses to desegregate public accommodations uh, in the South, and uh, through all of that, he has uh, risen to become a congressman uh, and is still speaking out uh, about civil rights and uh, racism in the country. So he has sort of earned his bona fides as a true um, American hero of civil rights. The fact that, uh, that President-elect Trump has uh, sort of chastised him for speaking out against uh, his uh, impending presidency uh, came as uh, something of an insult to uh, African Americans, many African Americans, uh, and many within the white progressive community. When we look at, obviously, the level of respect for this individual, this respect is not just from the Democratic side, but Republican side. Um, are you, Sam, uh, as an expert in the areas that you are that have you know, worked on research and uh, analysis for, surprised that we're not hearing from anybody on the Republican side, especially someone African-American from the Republican side? I am not um, at all surprised uh, because of the nature of hyperpartisanship that has taken over uh, sound judgment in our country today. Um, the the idea of remaining in lockstep with uh, whatever the uh, political leaders of your team says, and this particularly applies, I think, um, to those on the, on the right, um, they are loath to break ranks. So that it, it does not surprise me at all uh, in this current environment. Now, say, you know, 15 years ago um, or 20 years ago, I think there would have been uh, some Republicans, some conservative leaders who would have at least spoken up uh, in favor of John Lewis, but I think most of those people have been driven out of the Republican Party, uh, and that those who now are there either will be mute or will be outspoken in their opposition. When we look at what is happening, although this is largely symbolic, uh, today there seems to be a back-and-forth attack. Uh, Congressman uh, John Lewis um, alleged this would be the first time he's doing it. It, it, you know, he did also boycott the Bush inauguration. President-elect Donald Trump calls him out on that. Um, have we reduced politics with this back and forth, you know, tit for tat, you know, na 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 no, you were there. Um, uh, I, I mean, does this say something about the future of politics in, in America or just the politics of uh, future of politics in America the next four um, to eight years? And I'll get to what it says about race and race relations later. 
I think I think we're already at that point with in terms of our politics. Um, I, I don't know that this, quite frankly, I don't see this as uh, all that significant in terms of our um, our uh, political stratification. Uh, well before um, John Lewis's decision, there were others who said they were not going to uh, participate. Um, and I, I think that that is a sign of, of just how hyper-partisan uh, Washington has become, and maybe uh, the entire country. Uh, when we look at this action uh, by these uh, House members and, and, you know, the outrage that is coming out, I mean, Steve Harvey met with the president-elect um, allegedly because he cares about lower-income housing and wanted to be put in touch with Ben Carson, who's going to be the HUD secretary. Uh, he got he got it big from his listening audience, D.L. Uly, uh, Ugly, excuse me, and uh, others have uh, come out and, you know, really ripped him, uh, reamed him a new one about this. Um, is this, would you say, in your opinion— more about supporting Congressman Lewis or opposing Donald Trump, these individuals, these Democratic congressional members that are not going to attend the inauguration that are boycotting it? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to uh, try to get into the heads of what, you know, all 49 of them are thinking. I think they all have individual reasons for doing it. I think it is good politics for them. Um, and I, I think that, that you know, let's, if you remember, um, eight years ago, um, there were Republicans, while maybe they didn't boycott uh, the president, they were loath to meet with the incoming president at the White House. He had meetings, and they would not come uh, to speak with him, to talk to him about planning what they were going to do in terms of a, a federal agenda. It, it, we, we tend to forget very quickly just how partisan our politics has been over the last um, eight to ten years. When we look at race relations in America today, there are those that say race relations are worse today than they were when President Obama first became our commander-in-chief almost eight years ago. Um, do you agree with that, or do you think race relations is the same as it was? It's just the racist have come out of the closet, and perhaps the rhetoric during the campaign of President-elect Donald Trump has legitimized um, their their hatred? You know, I, I kind of bristle anytime I hear people, uh, whether they're on the left or on the right, complain about race relations being worse today than they've ever been at any point in, in history. I just think that that is um, objectively wrong and inaccurate. Um, I think that race relations today, um, as a practical matter, are better than they've ever been in the country. Now, there are problems, and I don't mean to minimize those problems at all, but if you look at um, the degree to which we are a much, much more integrated nation, uh, and I mean that in terms of the way in which people interact with each other, it is far from perfect. And I think that when people think about, particularly when they think about the Obama years, there was this this crazy notion that we were going to all of a sudden, by electing a black man to be president, no longer have racist overtones to our nation, to our policies, to our interpersonal relationships. That That's just, that's foolishness to think like that. But on the other hand, if you look at over the last eight years, um, there is a generation, an emerging generation of people who have only known, who have only voted for uh, a, a black man to be their president. And 
And that was unthinkable before, you know, as much as maybe five years or 10 years before President Obama was elected. That's progress. Now, the progress is not nearly what we want it to be, but it is progress. The fact that you have John Lewis and uh, a record number of uh, blacks in the Senate uh, being able to speak out in opposition to anything from, from Capitol Hill and from Congress is progress. That was unthinkable um, when I was a boy or when my father was a boy. So, yes, I think race relations are improved. They're just not ideal, and we're a long ways from having them be ideal. I really appreciate you being with us, Sam, and I'm sure that we will have you on again in the future. Thank you for taking the time. Sam Fullwood is a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress. He analyzes the influence of national politics and domestic policies on communities of color across the United States. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Fullwood, S-A-M-F-U-L-L-W-O-O-D. The Center for American Progress's website is AmericanProgress.org. Quick break, and we'll be back. Wide open telephones coming up. Pick up the phone and join us. Going to get your take on the attacks by President-elect Donald Trump on Congressman Lewis. The Democrats, who are not going to be, the congressional Democrats in the House, who are not going to be attending or boycotting the inauguration, and going to get your take on this, and even have you step into their shoes for a moment, pick up the phone and join me. I'm Leslie Marshall. This is your show of four, and by you, the people, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join me. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Tweet me there. Emails, go to our website, lesliemarshallshow.com, and Facebook, FB me, lesliemarshallshow.com, or facebook.com forward slash the Leslie Marshall Show. Like us and FB me there. Back after this. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Telephones 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, we are talking about uh, the list of House Democrats skipping the inauguration. That list is growing. Now nearly 50 Democratic members of Congress have announced they will skip Donald Trump's inauguration this Friday. 49 made their decision in previous weeks, but several more have come forward in recent days saying it was the final straw when they perceived President-elect Donald Trump insulting Congressman John Lewis. Now, Trump lashed out at the civil rights icon over the weekend and said in an interview he didn't view Trump as a legitimate president. Uh, that, uh, as you know, Congressman uh, Lewis has said before, he's a Georgia Democrat. He protested alongside the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. years back. He w- he did say he would not attend the inauguration. But then uh, what came out was Congressman John Lewis should spend more time in fixing and helping his district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, not to mention crime invested, rather than falsely complaining about the election results. That was the tweet that followed the next morning, uh, uh, talking about the Atlanta area district where Congressman Lewis is a representative. He said, all talk, 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 no action or results sad. Now, there are many who feel that this tweet was offensive. For those who don't know, 
As our guest just mentioned, Congressman John Lewis was ferociously beaten during the 1965 Bloody Sunday March, and that's when state troopers attacked peaceful protesters, peaceful, in Selma, Alabama. And there, Lewis sustained a fracture skull for the cause. By the way, Mike Pence marched uh, at Selma to his credit. And as a photo next to Congressman Lewis, I wish this guy would talk. I wish he wouldn't be so damn spineless. Now, before that, he organized lunch counter sit-ins to change segregation, risked his life by participating in freedom rides and segregated buses all across the South, served as the leader of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and spoke at the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And that was in 1963. That was the same event where Dr. King delivered his pivotal I Have a Dream speech. He continued what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. started. And Trump's comments have drawn outrage and messages of support for Lewis, by the way, from both sides of the aisle. Uh, Congresswoman Yvette Clark, a Democrat in New York, said in a tweet that she would not attend the inauguration because of the comments, quote, when you insult John Lewis, you insult America. Democratic reps Mark Takano and Judy Chu, uh, Judy is uh, next door uh, next door to where I live, representative, uh, both of Cali, also tweeted they would be absent as a show of solidarity with Congressman Lewis, making them part of the roughly 20% of all House Democrats who plan to skip the ceremony at this point. Now, Congressman Ted Lieu, also a Democrat in California, wrote in a statement that while he does not dispute that Trump won the Electoral College, he cannot normalize his behavior or the disparaging and un-American statements he has made. Uh, Trump, who lost the popular vote, has made a series of racist, sexist, and bigoted statements. In addition, he's attacked Gold Star parents, veterans such as John McCain, and now civil rights icon John Lewis. Democratic Representative Mark Pocan of Wisconsin reflected such sentiments in a statement that was released over the weekend as well. Quote, I was planning on attending the inauguration on Friday out of respect of the office for the president while still making it back home to attend the Women's March in Madison. However, after long consideration based on reading the classified document on Russian hacking and the Trump candidacy, the handing of his conflicts of interest, handling, excuse me, and this weekend's offensive tweets about a national hero, Representative John Lewis, I am no longer attending the event. There were several more uh, representatives who announced their absence at the inauguration on Martin Luther King Day yesterday, again referencing Lewis. President-elect Trump, you have the undeniable right to take issue and disagree with John Lewis' op- opinion on the, about the legitimacy of the election results. Representative Anthony Brown, a Democrat from Maryland, wrote on Facebook yesterday. But Mr. Trump, you need to think carefully about disparaging a civil rights icon such as John Lewis, let alone any one exercising their freedom of expression that many of us fought for. Representatives Mark DeSonier of California, John Conyers of Michigan, did not explicitly mention Lewis, but they did say in uh, their public decision uh, on the day of Trump's treats they would not go. Among those who decided earlier not to attend, the most common reason was an aversion to normalizing what they see as Trump's divisive rhetoric and agenda. Quote, when the new president denigrates Latinos or Mexicans or immigrants as drug dealers and criminals, I want to be able to say I do not condone or allow that type of speech to go mainstream that was not normalized on my watch. That's Congressman Luis Gutierrez, a Democrat from Illinois, said part in a speech on the House floor on January 10th because the future presidents of the American-born children of immigrants were not capable of being American judges. I cannot sit there at his inauguration as if that is okay, and I forgive him. We're going to uh, come back to your calls. Got some questions for you. Pick up the phone and join me. One, what are your thoughts on the nearly 50 Democratic members of Congress who will be skipping the inauguration on Friday of President-elect Donald Trump? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. You're a congressional member. Democrat or Republican, black or white, what would you do if you were a member of the Congress? 888-6-LESLIE. 
talking about the Democrats in the House boycotting the presidential inauguration. Senator Chuck Schumer, minority uh, Senate leader, has given the green light for those Democrats in the Senate to do the same. Do you agree or disagree with this? Even though it's symbolic, is it more support for Lewis than it is protest of Trump? And does it even make a difference? Or do we have a future where Dems won't go to Republican inaugurations and vice versa? What do you think and what would you do if you were in their shoes? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's start it out on line one with Helen in Ithaca, New York. Hi, Helen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie Marshall. Happy Tuesday. You too. Um, I wanted to say to fellow listeners, if any of them want to do this, they can call the Capitol um, at 202-224-3121, and they can ask to be connected with either their senators or their representative. If they don't know who is the representative in the House, they do not have to be embarrassed or do research. The the uh, person who answers the phone will just ask them for their zip code, will tell them the name of their representative, and connect them to that representative if they want to also request that they boycott this inauguration. And I've done that with, like, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of these people. So um, I'm just... It's throwing that out there. The phone number is 202-224-3121. You can call anyone you want. Okay. Thank you for that. Before we let you go, Helen, um, what do you think about this decision uh, by those congressional members? Do you support it? Uh, Do you think, nope, they should should respect the, the office even if they don't respect the man holding it? Well, I obviously support them because I'm calling up more people and asking them to join their ranks. So... I, I think that there is a lot of screwy things about this this presidential election, and by screwy I mean treasonous and illegal, and uh, something's going to be coming down, but it's not going to come down before Friday. So, uh, hopefully, Lawrence Tribe and people like him. I'm not a law professor, so they will get something going soon. I think they already have, but. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Helen. I appreciate your call. As always, have a good afternoon. Let's go to Chris in Nashville, Tennessee, on line two. Hey, Chris, good afternoon. Hey. Um, Yeah, I think think that Donald Trump is a crazy person. He doesn't belong in the office. Um, However, I'm a little concerned about the way that this boycott is being framed. A little concerned about the way that John Lewis is being... uh, I don't know, I want to say that he didn't come up with the idea to do this himself, but uh, he, there's, a, there's a kind of a small pattern here where um, he said something that has not been determined. It's not, it's not, we, we haven't determined that uh, Russia's hacking was, was the, the cause for Trump winning the, the uh, presidency. Hillary was clearly a faulty uh, candidate. Uh, she, if she had been a little more popular, she had uh, been able to persuade more people. It was a very close election. So but the bottom line here, what I'm trying to get to, is that people are making an argument where they're standing with John Lewis. And I think that's great that they stand with him. But that's um, – it's not it's – not, the argument that he's making is that Russia caused – Trump to be an illegitimate president. Trump may well be an Ill- illegitimate president for a lot of reasons that will be determined hopefully sooner rather than later. But by saying, I just stand with John Lewis, and he made a statement that nobody else was willing to make because it has not been determined, I think it's a dangerous position to take. 
Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. One thing that bothered me, I'm a white chick, and I say this because not everybody watches me on TV or has gone and seen my picture on a profile uh, so that people, you know, know where I stand. But uh, one of the things that bothered me, and I I don't think it was just the candidate, um, you know, with Hillary Clinton. I think there were choices that her campaign made that could have changed things, especially in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, for example, mm-hmm. and message and a message uh, that could have resonated, honestly, if she had listened to her husband, former President Bill Clinton said, do not disregard the, the, the feeling disenfranchised, white, middle class, uh, blue collar working guy. And she didn't listen to that, um, uh, you know, clearly. Uh, in addition, there are Bernie supporters who, you know, there are people out there who voted for Johnson or Stein, which to me is ridiculous. That was a vote for Trump. People that stayed home, that's ridiculous. That was uh, a vote for Trump or, you know, why, why, you know, people die in other countries fighting to vote or for their right to vote. Uh, but there was something else that happened on Election Day. And that was African-American voter turnout was very low. And I say that because one of the things that bothers me is I I think it's terrible that President-elect Trump would attack an icon and hero such as Congressman Lewis. I also think it's terrible that a president-elect would attack any congressional member. Hell, he's not even president yet, technically, until Friday. He talks out of one side of his mouth about uniting, and I think we agree he's further dividing, and he's hurting himself as well. His approval ratings sink lower, but I think he gets off on that and really doesn't care um, about the approval ratings. And what do they say about narcissists? Anything they get, they just, you know, they turn it, and, you know, a lot of his supporters buy it. But, but, but you know, African Americans did not come out to vote. And so uh, uh, to me, a lot of people, you know, who were protesting Trump is not being legitimate and are also angry about his comments about Congressman Lewis. If they didn't vote, I kind of say, well, do do that. You know, the, this is you were part of this problem and not part of the solution, because I think we all know whether you liked her or not, we would never have seen anything like this from Hillary Clinton uh, even toward, you know, a, a Republican that might say, I, I mean, I think she's a grown up and very used to people saying negative things about her on Twitter. I also think that she would be busy trying to do the job and get ready to do the most important job of her life as the leader of the free world, as opposed to tweeting like a teenager. All right. Thank you for the call. Did we lose that one? Did we lose him? Oh, Chris. Well, thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go next on line four with George and Albert. Was that a man really listening to me, Mark? Uh, well, let's go to George and Albuquerque, New Mexico, line four. Hi, George. Good afternoon. I'm I'm a man and I'm listening to you. <laughs> good, good, good. Better, uh, yeah, hey, hey, all you guys, I have to have you guys listen to me. My husband never does, certainly. Uh, anyway, oh, what's up, that's George? That, that's just how that's supposed to work. Okay? Yes, I, I hear that. I hear that often. Yeah, he doesn't listen to you and you don't respond so right right. (laughs) that's that's marital bliss for you yes anyway um this is going to be a disastrous administration it really is i mean trump is like he scares me but what scares me more is the this band of wing nuts that he's nominating for his cabinet i mean Everything that, you know, they're supposed to support in their given uh, uh, department, they work against their whole life. I mean, whether it's labor or housing and urban development. I mean, you've got, uh, what's his name, Ben Carson as uh, 
is that housing and urban development? And, and you know, he said, oh, my qualification is I worked, I, I lived in public housing when I was a kid. He did not. It has been confirmed he did not live in public housing when he was a child. I believe that's what he said. I don't he know. Said, no, I he said believe. that, but it has been, it was fact-checked that he did not. I believe you, believe me. I mean, this, I, I think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, uh, voters' remorse. I think we're seeing that already uh, by uh, uh, approval ratings. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, it's going to be a disaster. Well, I'm not into gambling, but apparently one of the online gambling sites that has been very – Mark, do you know this? Mark Romaldi, my executive producer, um, that has been very accurate with regard to elections, football games, whatever. Um, right. They have – uh, I, I don't know if it's 10 to 1 or 5 to 1, really high odds um, that Donald Trump will be impeached within the first six months of his presidency. Yeah, I, uh, I, I heard that, you know, because it's already, I mean. It, well, there, it, there are, for, wait, there are former Bush, uh, you know, people in the Bush administration who have been on national television in the past 24 to 48 hours citing uh, the impeachable offenses that he already right. has once he puts his hand on that Bible Friday. Right. So I, I, I think all of the Democrats should not just boycott the inauguration, but after eight years of obstruction, total obstruction of the Obama administration, I mean, if, if people knew what kind of legislation Nancy Pelosi, you know, has, has been trying to push for the last eight years, uh, you know, the Democrats in the House and the Senate, on uh, housing, I mean, on uh, job bills or infrastructure, and it's been blocked the whole time, every step of the way. And I think it's just time to, like, you know, you can't play nice with Republicans, believe me. You know, you can't share the sandbox with them because they're just not going to cooperate. And I think it's time to fight back. Um, I agree with you. I think we should have fought back with our, our vote. Uh, but, you know, and, and I, you know what, I hope it's not going to be lip service. I'm a pessimist. I think Democrats will sit on their ass come midterms and they can't. If, you know, I, I'm tired of well, people well, hashtagging resistance. Resistance means you got to do more than just tweet resistance. Yeah, but the Republicans hold the majority in, you know, both Ru houses. The, the Republicans hold the majority only because the American people keep reelecting Republicans or electing Republicans. If Americans elected Democrats into the majority and throughout the Republicans, that would change. We have the power to change that once somebody is up. And quite frankly, if you're listening to me and I ever thought of getting into politics, challenge some of those people that think they got a cozy, tenured position. You know, Republicans hate, hate that teachers and unions have tenured tenured positions. Some people hate that the Supreme Court judges have tenured positions. Well, if somebody is an incumbent and nobody challenges them and nobody votes against them for their opponent when they are challenged, well, you've just given them tenure. I appreciate your call, and I hope you'll call me again, George. Really appreciate talking to you. Uh, can we All take right. one more, Mark, or are we taking a break? What are we doing? Uh, take one more break. We'll take another. We go to Reggie in Decatur, Georgia, Line 3. Uh, Reggie, good afternoon. How you doing, Leslie? Happy Tuesday to you, Marky Mark both. Happy Tuesday to you. Uh, well, who's, I mean, first it's Hollywood celebrity actress, icon, Meryl Streep. Then it's civil rights icon and Democratic congressman, John Lewis. Who's next? Sean Penn? I mean, who does he like and who 
Oh, I'm waiting. I don't know if you heard, Reggie. Gloria yeah. Allred, who was a friend of mine, Gloria yeah. Allred um, and, and has uh, about a dozen women that came forward, if you remember, during the campaign, um, right. alleging that President-elect Donald Trump, when he was not yet voted in as president, had sexually uh, harassed them. Uh, right. And everybody said, why doesn't anybody sue? Well... Uh, you know, you know, ask and ye shall receive. Gloria Allred had held a press conference around 2.30 this afternoon Eastern time earlier today um, in which uh, she stated that one of those women is going to be suing a right. sitting U.S. president uh, for sexual assault. We now have seen uh, – for sexual harassment, excuse me. Um, and we have seen that in the past. Uh, Paula Jones uh, would be an example of that. Bill Clinton was impeached and did remain in office. So remember, impeaching Donald Trump does not mean he will leave office. And it right. does mean that money and time will be strongly diverted um, away from policies because we saw that during the Clinton years. So some, some people are going to get a lot of grief because uh, this could be uh, completely um, – same same argument by the other side. But Reggie, right, go ahead. But, right. And what if what if you attack the exact wrong person who who will fight and strike back? And uh, can anybody stop him by pulling the plug on his Twitter account or feed? Or well, you know, I don't want him to stop tweeting. You don't. Why no. not, Leslie? Why I don't. Not exactly? I, I don't. I don't want to be irresponsible and say, Reggie. I just think there'll be a negative ramification. Honestly, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I think somebody's going to get hurt at some point with what this guy does and what this guy says. And if that's the case, I do believe, um, you know, there's a difference between an impeachable offense and, you know, ways that a president can be removed from office. Um, So uh, when, you know, I I don't want this guy impeached. I I would want him removed. I I know it it shocks people, especially in the LGBT community, but I I, I find Mike Pence more palatable than Donald Trump. Thank you for your call, Reggie. Let's go to Paul in Massachusetts, line one, driving through my home state of Massachusetts. Hey, Paul, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Good. Um, I might find myself a little farther to the right than some of your other callers. And I'm not calling in to defend uh, President-elect Trump. But I have to say that it's sheer hypocrisy um, uh, from the liberal left here. Um, When John Lewis can come out and somewhat denounce Trump as the president-elect and not acknowledge it. And then, again, I'm not supporting Trump's tweets or supporting him. But he retorts, and then all of a sudden he's uh, attacking an icon. And I don't, I don't really see it that way. I think Trump wouldn't have even bothered with him if not for the fact that he went after Trump and denounced him. So, um, you know, it just seems like a lot of hypocrisy. And, you know, I think the Democrats said, look, you know, this is the best thing about America is the smooth transition of power. And we expect that from Mr. Trump. And we're just appalled that he's not going to honor that. And now we see all the Democrats rearing up and doing the exact same thing. So, But wait a minute, wonder- wait a minute, wait a minute, okay? I don't know if it's hypocrisy or if it's karma and payback. Uh, our, <laughs> cur- our current president, our current president was forced by our future president to provide a birth certificate never asked for by any other American-born president in the United States. Our current president when speaking in Washington, D.C., to the, to the chambers of our Congress, the House and the Senate, 
as the leader of the free world, president of the United States, commander in chief, had a Republican white man yell out to him, the first black president, you're a liar. Our current president has had so many things said about him, and not just by members of Congress, by mayors and governors, including his wife. Things about Africa, things about, you know, I hope they, they, they die in Buffalo, New York, Carl Palladino. I mean, just the, the litany of, of racist uh, remarks that have come out. And, and quite frankly, our president-elect fanned the flames of a lot of that. Our president-elect himself may, may not have created the birther issue, but like I tell my eight and nine-year-old, somebody starts it. Somebody's got to stop it. And that's not what Donald Trump did. He fanned uh, the flames. There were people outraged when Barack Obama won. There, in, 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 in Not just the first time, the second time. And Senator Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate Majority Leader, said there were two things. One, that he would make it his goal to make this president a one-term president with regard to Barack Obama. And two that he would block every piece of legislation that this man put forth. So please, put your violin. My my violin's going to stay in the case right now. But wait a minute. Your point really doesn't correlate with mine. I mean, mine is about hypocrisy. The Democrats say one thing, and then they do exactly I did not see Democrat. The only Democrat I saw talk about a smooth transition was President Obama. I didn't see anybody talk about a smooth transition of power other than Barack Obama. By the way, Hillary Clinton, and she's not our president. Hey, hang. uh, Are we out of time? No, we're going to take a break and come. Ah, we're out of time. I got to take a break. I'm not doing this. I don't control time. So because we disagree. Call me tomorrow. We'll disagree more. Um, We're going to take a break when we come back live from our nation's capital. Talk media news right here on the only true democracy and talk radio. Gavin, live from our nation's capital. Um, hey, Patrick, we have a lot of Senate uh, hearings going on. Let's talk about those. Yeah, we, this is going to be the week that maybe things don't go as well for the Trump administration than last week. Last week, Jeff Sessions did uh, better than, than, uh, than expectations. Rex Tillerson seems to have, to have done okay. But there are a bunch of nominees this week that may not be so great. The first is Betsy DeVos, who is the education nominee. Uh, she's expected to speak today. Uh, and Democrats are really launching a big um, campaign against her, namely because she's been a big supporter of private schools throughout her career, not necessarily public schools, on top of the fact that she's got some uh, dis- financial disclosures that she still has yet to provide. So that is going to be Senate target um, number one. We're also seeing uh, a, a report first out of CNN that Trump's uh, pick for HHS Secretary Tom Price uh, last year purchased shares for a medical device company just days before introducing legislation that would have benefited that company, which raises uh, not necessarily legal uh, concerns, but certainly ethical ones, and it's not exactly within the spirit of the law. Uh, So all down the line, even when you look at Andy Puzder, the Labor Secretary nominee, he now, according to some reports, is a little less enthusiastic about joining the administration, thanks to some of the press that that he's gotten. Uh, And then lastly, Treasurer nominee uh, Steve Mnuchin, 
according to some transition official sources, has needed a lot more practice than they had anticipated. And so there's a little bit more concern this week about nominees than there was last week. Uh, talk to us some um, about the inauguration. We know that's coming Friday, just a sentence or two as of today. Sure. I mean, the big thing is obviously uh, security right now. There, Trump is sort of helping things out. He's only going to have a very quick 90-minute parade. Uh, he's only going to attend three inaugural balls, whereas Bill Clinton did 14. Uh, but you've got between uh, keeping out drones and worried about lone wolf shooters and trucks used as vehicles, uh, Secret Service, there's about 28,000 security personnel uh, employed around the city. So already, it's, you know, you feel like you're kind of in a, in a war zone. There's gates and metal and wire yeah. up all around the city. Thank you. We uh, appreciate you being with us.